This episode of the Big Head Chats podcast on the On The Pine Sports Network is brought to you by Mulcahy & Co. Marketing. For all your marketing needs, Gav and the team have you covered. They do it all, including making our website. Check it out at www.onthepinesports.com.au. They also build online stores using Shopify. Throughout COVID, more and more businesses need to go online and Gav can help you do that. Check out their latest store at www.wardrobebythesea.com.au. If you need some help with your online presence, then get into contact with the team at www.mulkay.com.au slash marketing. Now I can actually provide a service for you through the podcast. So mention Big Head Chats while you're there and the guys will give you a free website report on your current website, which gives you an idea of how it is performing with SEO, page load and many other aspects. It also gives you recommendations for changes that can be made. So, uh, yeah, jump on it quick because I can finally give you something, listeners. But for now, let's jump into this week's episode. Let's go. All right, NBA free agency and trade reactions with Liam Marrows. Marrows, welcome in again, my friend, to Big Ed Chats. Great to be here, mate. Um, like the AFL chats, uh, there's a lot going on. A lot going on is true. What were your initial thoughts, my man? Because I, it's not the it's not the free agent um, sort of year that where there's you know superstars flying everywhere and there's max contracts um, getting chucked around, but. I feel like it's almost one of the more important free agency periods because a lot of good teams have gotten better. Um, some really good role players have slotted into some really nice spots and, you know, making the, the league look really competitive next year. Yeah, I mean, like, to build a championship team, you need uh, strong role players. Um, and I think that uh, a number of teams think, you know, that they're in the... They're, They've got themselves in the championship window. It's all about finding those guys that you can um, build around your superstars to try and, you know, build the best team you can. Um, but, yeah, as I was saying to you on the phone last night, it seems like there's a lot more movement than usual. Yeah. I'll, it was sort of like, you know, you, you'd get on your phone and it'd say, you'd, just say, you'd get, scroll through and there's NBA on ESPN, there's ESPN and all those accounts you follow and it's, it felt like there was 15 blokes a day getting shipped around, whether it was trade signings or, you know, even some of those, um, you know, Jason Tatum and Darren Fox and those guys getting off, off their rookie deals onto, onto max contracts. There was just shit happening everywhere. Um, and I, it just felt like more than usual. I don't know if it was because, you know, usually with a free agency period, there's probably more, you know, max contracts getting chucked around and there's, I don't know, less movement because they're more focused on two or three guys. But now there was... There's sort of a, a core group of, you know, a dozen players that teams are really after for specific needs, I think. Yeah, I think like, um, you know, as you say, like usually you've got, you know, your, your KDs going for, you know, a four-year, 120 million sort of dollar deal. Um, or, you know, like your LeBron going to Lakers or there's, you know, Kyrie or Russell, you know, Westbrook going somewhere and he may still go somewhere. But usually they're the guys that highlight um, you know, free agency and it's not guys like Gordon Hayward and um, Gallinari and Rondo and Harold that are sort of at the top of the um, the top of the headlines. And <laughs> there's a few guys in here that I think are pretty happy that they were free agents when they were because there's some there's some dudes getting paid probably more than even they would expect. Would you agree? Yeah, well, as I said to you before, um, you know, Jay Crowder to Phoenix for $30 million and um, Gordon Hayward, uh, like, you know, it's a, it's a good pickup, you know, if he can get back to his best. But, you know, four years, 30-year-old, you know, paying some serious coin to get him. Um, you hope that he, for a team like Charlotte that hasn't seen a lot of success in recent years, you hope that it pays off. Even like Jordan Clarkson, four years, 52, like, Wow. I'm not sure if that's – and in a, in a time as well where, you know, with COVID and everything and the, and the salary cap remaining where it was for this year and not increasing, um, yeah, there seems to be some expensive deals, but it's that, it's that sort of period this year where there's specific guys out there that teams need, like the Lakers need 
you know, a Marcus Ole and, and a um, Wesley Matthews is that, you know, perimeter shooter and defender. Um, they needed Dennis Schroeder is that, that backup point and, you know, an upgrade from Rondo. So, um, I don't know, it's going to be, it's going to make the league a lot, you know, a lot more even Atlanta all of a sudden in the playoff push um, in the East and Phoenix now have the pressure even more than they did after the bubble to be competitive in the West. So would you say, you know, it's creating a, a, a more even league for next year than we've ever seen before? Um, yeah, I feel like going into next season, even like this year, obviously um, the season was cut short, but, uh, you know, besides the Lakers and, and say, you know, the Clippers and the, and the Bucks and teams like that, you sort of felt as though, you know, they were at the top and the rest was pretty even. Um, and obviously we saw Miami, you know, stepped up and, and made the finals, which no one would have predicted going in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's there's no sort of like, you know, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green sort of, you know, setups we've sort of got. Besides the Lakers, every team seems pretty... You know that there's stars on every team. There's no sort of team that's just packed full of stars. Um, which, yeah, as you say, it makes it a lot more interesting. And you know, as a fan, you, you know, you've got a whole season where you don't know what will happen. So, what were your what were your three free agent signings that you liked the most? Uh, Rondo to the Hawks. Um, yep. At seven and a half million per season. Um, I think that's what it was. It's a fifteen million dollar deal yeah, over two years. Assume it would be, you know, the same per year each year. Um, I think he's a really good backup. Um, provides good guidance to Trey Young as well, who's obviously you know a star um, already. But you know, just to have someone there that you know um, the stability coming off the bench with Rondo, especially coming off a championship with the Lakers. And you can uh, couple in with him as well, Chris Dunn, two years, ten mil. Just that um, defensive help for Trey because we all you know. Trey, you know, stats-wise and even watching him play, can't defend anyone. But to have Chris Dunn there can sort of lessen the load to get a bit, I guess, on uh, on Trey. I think also with the Hawks, um, as they look to, with this lead or this roster, to push for a playoff position, um, bringing in someone like a Rondo who's just won a championship, they, he brings that, you know, that leadership that the, that the franchise needs. Playoff Rondo, man. It's a real thing. Yeah. We just witnessed it again. It's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, no, very true. Um, and another one, uh, well, look, I, as my second signing, I didn't put anyone. I just put a team, um, and it's the Lakers. Yep. Just like to, to bring in Harrell, who's just won, was it sixth man of the year? Yep, yep. Yep, so bring him in. Um, I love how he's gone, you know, cross town to the Lakers. Um, <laughs> Juicy that, isn't it? going to be it's going to increase the rivalry even more um and then you know they bring in wesley matthews who's strong off the bench and obviously marcus Ole. so um you know they just got deeper the lakers and they haven't paid too much and obviously they were severely um you know stressed on the on the salary cap so you get wesley matthews for three uh, 3.6 marcus Ole was on minimal um harold was the, the guy you paid the most but um yeah, their, their salary cap looks a little bit nicer now than, than probably what they thought. And you know, then you trade for Schroeder too. So good signs. Well, see, like even Harold, you know, like 19 million over, you know, two years, like for a guy that's just won, you know, best six man of the year, he could have commanded a lot more. So mm-hmm. to get him for 19 million, that's pretty good. Yep. And just takes him away from the Clippers too, who are your, your biggest rivals in the West. Yeah, exactly. I Like I feel like it hurts the Clippers for sure. I mean, yeah. a lot of people... You know, I think that the Clippers are, have still done all right, but... Yeah, do you know, feel like they upgraded with Ibaka? Because I feel like they lose Shamit and Harold, but they get into Ibaka and Canard. I'd say they've upgraded at both positions. Look, I think they probably have, but how old is Ibaka now? 30. Yeah, definitely, okay. Definitely so plus, I just feel like... Well, I just feel like Harold's probably more in his prime mm. as opposed to... I think I think what you see in this period, like we may have seen his best, but yeah. then again, he. Well, I think like yeah. Then then again, like he did, he did win a championship with Kawhi. So to bring them back together, that does help. I think you're seeing a little bit now with this, with this uh, off season period, is maybe teams going for a bit more of fit than say value. So if you look at the Sixers, they get in Seth Curry. Um, and Danny Green and Terence Ferguson, 
And you'd probably say, you know, giving up Josh Richardson and um, a few of the other guys that they lost, they might, you might say they've lost in terms of talent, but they've got fit and that's going to be beneficial for them on court. So I'd, I think that's the road the Clippers are going down. So you lose Harold, but you couldn't play him down the stretch in the playoffs anyway. And that showed and Doc Rivers played that lineup um, till the death and it cost them in the end. So I feel like they get a Barker who fits their style a bit more and you get Canard who can sort of do a little bit of everything as well. Yeah, no, like I think it'll be, they'll still be a great side. Um, definitely will be, you know, at the at the top end of the of the West. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great get from the by the Lakers. Yep. Number three. Um, I mean, yeah, probably probably Serge um, Serge Ibaka to the Clippers, just because, like, I don't think that it's an amazing signing. Like, it's not something you look at and you go, like, you know, well, like, you know. I'm, in disbelief or um, that's just this whole seriously period, excited. <laughs> that's just the whole <laughs> off-season period. You're sort of like Joe Harris signs for, you know, 40 to 75 for Brooklyn and it shows up on Instagram and I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, but it's not blowing my mind. Well, so I remember when Joe Harris was playing for Cleveland and, you know, he was struggling to even get on the floor. And you, know, you see that, you know, like, okay. What about, who did you mention uh, pre-show? Um, you but, mentioned, uh, no, 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 no back to the... Yeah, I was going to say, who did you mention pre-show? Van Vliet, he's un- he like, undrafted now, he's 40, 85 million, like, cash, man, that's a bag. Yeah, well, it's true. Like, you, you look at, you know, these guys and someone that's played a lot of 2K, um, <laughs> you see these guys, where you look to see whether they were drafted, undrafted or, you know, you'll hear Doris Burke, you know, with her special commentary and she sort of always brings out the Van Vliet, you know, when undrafted and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yeah, in case in case you didn't know, Fred yeah. VanVleet was undrafted, so he wasn't drafted in the, in the draft. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like yeah, every time every time you play Toronto, you hear it. So yeah, it's like Scott um, Pendery. In case you didn't know, he was a basketballer before he, he played basketball. Football, just yeah. in case you didn't know that. Yeah, he's got that basketball spatial awareness. <laughs> um, but no, and back to the Clippers, as I said before, teaming him up with Kawhi again. You know, they won a championship, and you know, obviously, it wasn't just those two, but um, it's. A- Good combination to have, and especially if you lose Harrell, um, to bring in a Barker, it's not a bad replacement. Yeah, and uh, that couple, Barker and, and Leonard, brought us one of the funnier videos we've seen uh, in the in the back of the back of the car. What a do, baby! <laughs> Social media took off after that. Um, all right, by three, I think. So you mentioned Rondo and um, and I chucked in Dunn there as well. So got to mention Danilo Gallinari too. Just provides a scoring option for Atlanta. Um, take the pressure off Trey a little bit um, on a good contract. So like that for the Hawks. Um, you know, just puts him in contention uh, in the East straight away. At least a playoff team. So um, hopefully the young guys take another step because that's the that's the biggest challenge for them now is you know guys like cam reddish taking that step um and becoming really um really good players you know in crunch time minutes especially come the playoffs so galinari for me for atlanta um just i know you mentioned him before but he's on three years 30 million jay crowded of phoenix but um i think i like i like the fit just the fit in terms of his toughness defense um can shoot the three Sort of just the the three and D guy that just seems to fly around the league and just keeps getting put on good teams. Like he just everywhere he goes, he seems to be on a, a playoff team that's making sort of you know the second round conference finals. He's on Miami this year; they made the finals. So I think he provides a bit of toughness to Phoenix. That you know, along with Chris Paul, um, is going to make them really dangerous. Uh, and then let's go with that boy Joe Harris. Let's go with Joe Harris to Brooklyn. Re-signing there. Four years, 75 million. Um, you know, every Brooklyn fan I follow on Twitter loves Joe Harris and they uh, could, they refuse to let him go. They said sign him for whatever he wants. So um, he feels a need for them in terms of shooting, surrounded by, uh, surrounding, sorry, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, doesn't demand a lot of the ball. 
as those other two do. But, you know, spot-up shooter, okay defender. So those are my three Maros. Not yeah, like to I'll, off the page, but they're enough. Yeah. I do um, – the Joe Harris to Brooklyn, uh, he is a good fit. I mean, sorry, not to – he was playing for Brooklyn already, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, just the re-signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, like it's a good fit, especially with um, Durant and Irving, you know, assuming that they're fit. Um, mm. He slots in there well. Because I think, I think that's what Brooklyn have done well this whole offseason is just get guys that don't need a lot of the ball but can be impactful for you. When they, when you know, when it's a classic, when LeBron gives the ball to you with two seconds left in the shot clock and you just have to heave a three, that's a similar type deal with KD and Curry. There's going to be times where, you know, Landry Sham, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown and, and Harris and these guys are going to, going to be in the corner, late shot clock. Here's the ball, you shoot it. And they're three good guys that you can rely on to be impactful and, and make big shots in the playoffs too. I think, which is what you really need um, if you're a role player on these championship teams. And they suit the Steve Nash style as well. Run and gun. I think they're going to be super high octane offense. Next I'm keen to see how they, um, yeah, how he runs the team. Um, you know, whether they're run and gun, or, um, yeah, what style they go with. I wonder, I wonder, you know, I wonder how much of, what Houston were doing was Mike D'Antoni's idea or if it was more Darren Murray because um, if, you know, I'm just imagining Steve Nash and D'Antoni together in Brooklyn and <laughs> they just start telling Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, shoot the ball under five seconds of the shot clock. Just, let's just get mm-hmm. it going. Let's just shoot 100 throws a game. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how it goes because we haven't seen him and KD play together yet. So, yeah. I'm keen to see because I, I feel like KD is a very laid back type, but Irving is very, I need the ball. I have to be the best. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's your over under in terms of time into the season where it blows up and Kate, the reports come out that KD and Kyrie butted heads? Look, it could happen in the first twenty games. Honestly, <laughs> good answer. Like it's it's true. Honestly, it is true. Yeah. That that that's all it takes. Like it may, you know, one of them will get probably one of them probably will get shipped on the deadline. <laughs> I'm betting. I'll bet my house that it's Kyrie Irving. It'll be Kyrie. Yeah. What? 100%. What? What about when like the reports coming out of that James Harden wanting to go to Brooklyn? A part of me was like, do it, because that would be fun to watch. And it would be fun to watch it blow up, because it would blow up. There is no way that I'd, I'd give KD, you know, he deserves some respect in terms of being able to play with star players. He's done it in Golden State. They've won two championships, um, went to three finals. So he can do it. I'm not trusting Kyrie Irving and James Harden to do it, though. Not so you got two. You got anyway. two problems there. You got two problems. So KD's fine. So it just slithers up and down the court because you can play off ball if need be. Yeah. So as I said, he'll just slither up and down. That's all he'll do. Just go up and down. Then you got Harden who wants to take every single shot and take about fifty free throws a game. And then you've got <laughs> Kyrie who wants the ball in hand all the time, but also loves to run the shot clock down to zero <laughs> and then do some crazy like so. You know, and then works two ways. And then Sports Center show the one in eight times that it comes off for Kyrie, but don't yeah. show the the twelve of thirty five shooting he also put up while he was at it. And then you got your man Joe Harris on the wing that won't touch the ball at all. And then he's gonna get pissed off because he won't get the ball at all. Because yeah. why? Why would he get it if James Harden, KD, and Kyrie are on the same team? Um. Yeah, I, a part of me, so a part of me was like, "Don't you dare!" No, a part of me was like, "Do it because it'll be fun to watch," and then I also want to watch it blow up. Like that's that's the bad side of me. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it would provide some good entertainment, but at the same time, like it'd be more I feel for the wrong reasons as opposed to yeah. you know good basketball. I feel like we'd be seeing some terrible chemistry. Oh, terrible! It would. I think Steve Nash should be able to let it uh, keep it together for longer than most. Eventually go because they all say so. They all train together in the off season. Harden saying, "Okay, I, you know, 
I'll, I'll sacrifice some of my game in order to win a championship. They say all these things, but when it really comes down to it, not many actually can do it. It'll get to the point where you have to stack sacrifice and Harden will say, oh, fuck that. I want the ball because that's just they're, – they're competitive people. So that's just who they are. So they can say all these things in the offseason, but the actual chances of it happening are so slim because in the end – Come crunch time, KD is going to want the ball. Corey wants the ball, and Harden wants the ball. So, like, I don't know it can't work. Like a lot of the time with these, you know, teams that are packed with superstars, and you know they're like these dynasty-looking teams. You know, they put them together, and you think, you know, they're, they're, who's going to beat them? A lot of the time, they're the ones that don't actually do well because yeah. there's no chemistry on the court, um, and that's where you know these teams like in free agency that we're saying now where they pack their teams full of role players mm-hmm. to go with, you know, the couple of superstars they have yep. tend to be better off because everyone knows yep. their role. But if you've got five guys and you're starting five that are all, you know, elite level NBA players, um, it can go pear-shaped all the time. That's, that's why Golden State was so good because you had, you had Draymond who could facilitate, but also Steph that could facilitate as well. And then Steph, Clay and KD can all play off ball. Clay especially plays only off ball. Mm. So he's a 20 points a night scorer. KD and Steph is sort of 25 to 30. And they can all not have the ball and still be really effective. So there's a reason that it worked so well, even though they had four all-stars and, you know, three guys that scored 20 plus. Um, And that's the reason why that Brooklyn thing wouldn't work, I don't think. Um, Speaking of Brooklyn... I think one of the, the better trades, and it worked for both sides in the end, but I'm going to focus on the Brooklyn side of it, um, is Landry Shaman getting to Brooklyn um, and then the Luke Kennard getting to um, the Clippers as well. So I like, I like Shamit to Brooklyn because, as I said before, he just fits, fits a need for Brooklyn really well. Um, has played some big games already, so you know knows what it's about. Um, and he's a really good three-point shooter, and that's really all he's there to do. Um, so he was one of their, that's one of my better trades of the of the offseason so far. Yeah, well, you're pretty big on um, on you know Shamit to the to the Nets. You've spoken about it a bit. I like um, it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, like as I said, it's like the same as what I said before. Um, you know, strong role players is what's going to you know get you all the way to the to the finals. Um, and yeah, him and you know, I mean, it's a good trade because yeah, as you said, you know, Canard to the Clippers and you know, Detroit didn't really get anyone, but uh, I mean, Detroit just know, got Shemet you know, to the extra first round pick, really, and Rodney McGruder, I guess. But yeah, yeah, but you know, De- you know, Detroit are not in a position where they're going to be probably challenging for a title in the next season or two. So you know, it works out. Yeah, and then I think following on from that. This is my this is my second best trade. Um, so there's you know there's some big ones in there, but I think Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers. Um, you know, gave up Danny Green and and rights to pick twenty eight. So didn't give up a whole heap. I mean, you know, Danny Green's no scrub. You don't want to lose him for for not much. But getting Dennis back definitely fills a specific spot. An upgrade on Rondo. Um, you know, second. The top scorer off the bench, sorry, um, last season, and then followed by Harrell, who was second. So, yeah, fits and needs for the Lakers and, and is an upgrade at the position. So it just means, I think, that, you know, don't have to rely on LeBron to facilitate all game. You know, you can you can give the ball up a little bit and there'll be some nights where you can just say to LeBron, just chill out, let, you know, let Schroeder and, and AD go to work and, and Harrell and these guys and... Um, you know, LeBron can finally have a rest because he didn't get much. Uh, this well, apart, sorry, apart from the massive layoff they had, but in terms of when when they were on the court, it was LeBron or bust, really. Well, he, and he wasn't happy about the uh, NBA restart. You know, not the <laughs> restart, starting again at the end of December, mid to late December. I saw that yeah, he put up on his uh, Instagram story that he wasn't happy with the with the start. Not subtle, like not subtle at all. 
No, I mean, like for me personally, you know, like I can understand it's a short turnaround, but they did have a long time without it. So at the same time, it's kind of yeah. like, well, you're getting paid like a ton of money. <laughs> you got a, you know, the best job in the world. Just yeah. play. Yeah. Like, no, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. What were your, what were your better trades uh, from the off season so far? Uh, well, I loved Chris Paul to Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I think the whole NBA world did. That's been everyone's favorite, I think, just about. Yeah. I mean, like, me personally, like I think everyone's probably everyone probably shares the same opinion, but um, Devin Book has just had no help for yeah. you know a number of seasons. Like he's been so good, you know, in the first part of his career, but you know who's he had in his team? The, the Suns have never, besides this season, well, actually no, they didn't even make the playoffs this season, did they? They just yeah, they it. almost did, almost did, yeah. But like double Phoenix, yeah. But besides besides you know this season, they haven't really challenged at all. Oh, at Since all. he's been there. Um, so, yeah, I love that, you know, now they get uh, Chris Paul in. Um, you know, they had Jay Crowder in there as well. It just seems like they're building something. Where do you where do you see them next year? Because uh, there's a certain friend of mine that he said, he said top four. He said the four spot was a legitimate chance for Phoenix. I haven't quite bought into that yet. I'm probably thinking... Uh, a six or seven, the West is just stacked. But where do you see them? Because if all if they stay healthy, it's it's playoffs or bust, no doubt. Um, and I think with Chris Paul, you can you can that's an extra couple wins, no doubt, which will be important in the West. And that's what well, that's why I can see sort of a six seed. Look, I'll say anywhere from five to eight. But yeah, I think that's, that's general consensus. They, they that's yeah. I think that's general. They should consensus. make it. They should make it. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a they just miss or something in you know the ninth seed. So if they get hit with a couple of injuries, yeah. Um, especially to guys like Booker or, or Paul, um, yeah. Suddenly they're you know just outside and yeah. But as I said, I, I wouldn't expect them to finish any any higher than fifth. Yeah. And any lower than tenth. So they're in that sort of middle bracket. And I th- well, because you got to think as well. So, Chris Paul took the OKC to the sixth seed. Uh, or, yeah, sixth? Sixth. Yeah. Let's roll with that. Um, sixth seed and, and with Shea Gildas-Alexander, who is a really good player, but Booker's an upgrade, no doubt, alongside Chris Paul. Um, and then you've got, you know, um, DeAndre Ayton at the centre, who's just getting better every season. And no doubt with Chris Paul will just get better and better, especially in the pick and roll. And you know, you hope that his defense continues to continues to improve. Um, and then you get guys like yeah, Jay Crowder in there. So it's a it's a upgrade. It's a rich man's version of OKC from this year, I think. So there's no reason why they shouldn't expect to be six or above, even five and above. Like that should be the expectation, I think. And I think that's I think that's the expectation the book would have, no doubt, because he's in that period now where it's like all right, let's start making, let's start playing playoff games, winning series, um, and really seeing how far he can go by himself, but alongside Chris Paul as well. Um, another trade you like? Uh, my second one's probably Drew Holiday to the Bucks. Um, Do you think they gave up too much? It's I tough. Mean, t- like time will tell. Time will tell. Um, but you know they've been so good in the regular season, they just. The last couple of seasons, they just faded in the playoffs, and I think you know this year it was like you know everyone had them in the finals. It was going to be yeah. you know, the Bucks versus the Lakers or the Bucks versus the Clippers, but um, yeah, I think like Holiday's finally on the right team. I think you know he deserves to be like the Pelicans. You know they're they're getting better and all that, but I feel like the last he's been with them when they've been down the bottom. Yeah. Um. So he finally gets you know a guy of his caliber a real shot at a championship now with, with the Bucks, So I like it. Um, but yeah, it's tough. As you said, like they have given up a lot. So I think with that, those sorts of deals, time tells. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's tough when you're giving up first round picks in 2027. Like that's so fucking far away, but it, yeah. <laughs> you don't, still- what you don't want, what you don't want is it to come back and bite them like a Boston Brooklyn deal back, you know, yeah. the KG Ray Allen thing where, you know, the Celtics are just getting first round picks every season. Yeah. I mean, the this is this is 
negative Nancy Ollie coming in, but just imagine if it doesn't go well next season, then Giannis leaves anyway in free agency. And then Which could very well happen. Yeah, and you you have given away your future, especially in the, you know, in the short term. Oh, and the long term. Yeah, you give away your future to, to try and get that right roster now for him, which you have to do in the NBA, unfortunately. You just got to, while you've got the player there, you have to do everything you can to fill the roster with the right players. And that's what they've done. But I mean, when you're giving up two first round picks and a couple of pick swaps and a bunch of players as well, um, yeah, I mean, it's risky business, but it has to be done. But I sort of, I wanted like, do you see? There seems to be. A, I've listened to Ryan Rosillo talk about it on Bill Simmons' podcast, is it, and he was saying there's a clear division between sort of players and front office as well, which I don't feel like there's as much of that in the AFL. I mean, Collingwood proved me wrong this year, but this, you know what I mean? Like, there sort of seems to be so much. The front office is saying, right, we're going to do this because Giannis might leave. I mean, is there conversations with Giannis around, you know, what he wants and what the what his future might hold at all? I'm assuming there has to be. I think there would be, but I think with the NBA, what you don't realise is a mate actually said to me the other day, he goes, there's so much going on in the NBA, like as we said at the start of the episode, you know, there's so much movement, but, you know, there's just so much more money being thrown around. Um, mm. As You know, the AFL, you know, they've got their own, you know, salary of their own. So, you know, like, yeah. High hundreds to a million a year, you know, that's 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 big money in the AFL. But in the NBA, when you're throwing around, you know, multiple millions a season. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but it seems a lot more like they often say that, you know, the player has to agree to a trade or agree to a move. But I don't know, like you still look at the NBA and you still think like Oregon players are still getting shipped around without being told. Yeah, so did I say that? Do you have to agree to a trade in the NBA? I don't. Well, a lot of the contracts are, you know, like it's a, it's a, um, they put no trade clauses in there. But yeah, I don't I mean, know. Like they, in there, it's basically free, free game. Just <laughs> they can fucking trade you wherever. Well, because you know, like the AFL, you know, they throw in like, oh, uh, you know, like in the NBA or like in American sports, you know, we can only trade a player if they agree to it. I heard yeah. them say that in the AFL. I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, players <laughs> just get like. You know, how would you be if you were, you know, Trevor Ariza just getting thrown around? Ricky oh. Rubio tossed. I, I think he's. I think Ariza is officially the most traded player in the NBA. Oh, it's, he's, just, he's been thrown around about three, four times. It's, it's it's like he's his own worst enemy because he's sort of he's a, a perfect three and D guy in in the NBA, even as he's getting older. So like he's still wanted, but he's easily shipped as well for. Anything really? If a team needs to, to you know, to yeah. clear space or whatever to get someone in, he's probably the first to go. But then teams still want him, so it's just it's funny to watch because these guys keep getting shipped, but because they're still valuable, but not valuable enough that they stay on the same team. So they they just continually get shipped in these packages. Um, it's it, it's I don't know. I feel like he wouldn't love it. Obviously, he's having to move cities, but. It's sort of funny to watch. <laughs> He's pretty much like the mayonnaise. Like, just goes on top of the burger and they shoot <laughs> Like, that's pretty much how it is. Like, you look at the dinner, Ariza. Yep. So they built the burger. They built the trade. Put some Ariza on top. Send put it off. some Ariza on top. <laughs> pretty much what it is. It sweetens the deal. Oh, Melrose. Let's call it A from you. Right around that. Um, all right. Let's go to... Let's go to some losers. Who are your losers of the off-season period? I feel like there's more winners. Maybe we're maybe we're glass half full people, but I feel like there's more winners than losers. But um, yeah, who, who do you think lost the the off-season the, the most? Uh, I mean, look, it, it's I feel like it's too early to tell because you don't know. Like, probably could you know get a, a fair understanding sort of midway through next season. Um, yeah. But I feel like the obvious ones, you know, are the teams that haven't done. Anything. Um, that that needed to like you know I'm a Cavs fan and we just did nothing as normal as usual so um, <laughs> so like I don't feel like I mean you drafted a guard who's going to fill a defensive area that needs filling but I mean he didn't do anything to to like and 
it's not as if you're in a win situation now, but there's there's some things that Cleveland could have done to at least bolster it a little bit. I feel. Yeah, for sure. But you know, it's Cleveland. Um, <laughs> if LeBron's not in town, nothing's happening. So. <laughs> I couldn't agree yeah. more. I couldn't agree. We more. need like if we have LeBron in town, we're getting so many burgers where we get mayonnaise on top. Players coming in left, right, and centre. You know, all the Arezas of the world. Like we had that one season where we had Crowder, Wade, Rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally, you know, everything. Um, every now, player and their dog. Instead like, now, it's poor Isaac Okoro just basically thrown in there and said, you defend the best player on the opposition's team every night uh, and Colin Sexton's going to take the ball and Darius Garland's going to take a million shots and they're not going to win any games. And JaVale McGee is going to end up on Shaq and Cleveland. So. Oh, and Kevin Love's still there. Like, what the fuck are they doing with Kevin Love? What is, like... I even forget he's on the team. <laughs> he's been in trade talks for two and a half years and yeah. nothing's happened. I mean, I, I think he's sort of enjoying himself. Sort of, you know, lives in Ohio and some serious coin, just sits back. Does anyone love enjoy living in Ohio, though? Is that well, a, is when you've been paid that much to live there, I think you'll take it. <laughs> Uh, but nah, in all seriousness, my losers um, uh, look probably, um, you know, Golden State's a big one. Um, yeah, and not of their own doing, but they've just all the all the good luck that yeah. they had, and they not that that was the reason they won championships, but they had a lot of good luck throughout their their stretch of of winning championships. And it's run out. Yeah, I think, you know, they're unlucky there. Um, I don't know whether whether they would have won the chip next season, but they would have pushed. Um, yeah. And I couldn't, I was just, I was so excited to watch it. I was just so excited to see, you know, almost the rejuvenated Warriors and see what they could do with some new role players around, see what Steph was going to return like and, and Clay coming back and breaking all types of records. And, you can't, and it sucks. Well, I mean, as a yeah, as a Cleveland fan, like I, I'm not a massive fan of the of the Warriors, <laughs> but uh, nah, you know, like to be fair, you know, you can't not like watching the Splash Brothers. Like the two of them, when they're both on, they're both hitting threes. Um, it's fun to watch. So yeah, um, nothing like watching their packed. Yeah, that no, sucks for arena. Clay. So hopefully, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, think- especially in that new arena. Well, yeah, I mean, pack that out and it, it's fun to watch with Steph doing his shimmy, which I, I'm sure you hate, but uh, I like it a little crazy bit. crazy thing is, like, you know, I've, I've actually got his shoes. Yeah, you do, actually. It's quite and strange, you, yeah, because... We compare you to him. Well, when I first got them, uh, it was before the whole, you know, Cleveland-Golden State rivalry started. It was, like, that season before. Yeah, yeah. When um, he really sort of, like, climbed into everyone's, you know... Yeah, heads is a, you and know, it was like, yeah, you know, I lo- I, you know, I love this guy. Yeah, and then it was, you know, Golden State versus Cleveland. Something was like, no, nah. you know, yeah. I wear your shoes, but no. Nah. <laughs> I was gonna say we literally we compare you to him playing down at MSAC. It's it's the further you are from the three, three point line, like the better you shoot it. If you're on the line shooting a normal three, I don't like it as much as when you're four feet back and just heaving him. Yeah, I think uh, the reason that uh, more go in from further back is because you've got less pressure. So yeah. that's the reason I take him from further back. So you're a mix between have... Steph Curry and Travis Cloak. Like, just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like him from further out. <laughs> yeah, well, because you just don't have that guy. You know, like a lot of teams are lazy and they're set up in a zone. So yeah. know, they're, you know, in their spots. Like, we, you know, it's like it's a chessboard and they've got to be in their certain spot and they're stuck to it. It's like they're cemented into the ground at the top of the key. So if you pull up to, you know, a wing, you've got, you know, by the time he gets there, if you're a couple of feet back, you know, got all the time in the world. So And I reckon, do you, do you just extend that arm just a bit more, a bit more fluently than if you, than you do at a normal three-point line? Like, do you, do you sort of shoot it properly? Not that you don't shoot it properly from the three, but like, do you almost follow through a bit more? I don't know. I just, like, I've just all always been a three-point shooter so i just you just i don't know it's like as you get older you just go further back you know i've probably reached my limit now but um yeah i don't know it's just as i said I, I think 
because I, I don't try and do it. I just take threes from further back. But as I said, I, I think like what it comes down to is it's just I've got that extra space. Yeah. I'd say that's why, but yeah. Um, it, it's quickly, turn, it's quickly turned into the Liam Melrose podcast and I love it. Oh, well, this is, you know, <laughs> you're asking the questions. So, um, uh, but I'll, I'll get back to get back to the serious stuff, the, uh, yeah. the real basketball of the world. Yeah. Um, now, probably... Uh, like I, I like, as I said earlier, Gordon Hayward going to the Hornets, but um, that's some serious money. Um, <laughs> and it, it kind of came from nowhere. Do you, do you almost yeah. reckon like Hayward just, it's like it's been offered and he's like, yeah, I mean, I have that. I mean, you guys, like Charlotte suck, but yeah, I'll have four years, 120 million. And then just signed it really quick before yeah. I can fucking change their mind. And then yeah, <laughs> off he heads to Charlotte. He'll look good at least. I love their I love their uniforms. So Yeah. But um It's it's yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. I love Gordon Hayward and he's only thirty and um I mean his stats from last year, he put up seven and a half points, nearly seven rebounds, four assists on fifty, thirty eight, eighty five percent splits, which is, you know, pretty good. Um and then but then he you know, gets injured in the playoffs again and I just don't know where his confidence is at with his body and if he can, can consistently be there. So, um, I mean, it'll be fun to watch because, you know, Utah Gordon Hayward was a stud. So I'm keen to see him sort of get back to having the ball a lot more often and see if that, you know, gets him back to a bit of that play and, you know, the confidence is back in his body especially. Um, but it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I think, um, yeah, as you say, like it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, um, yeah, I think ever since that injury, he hasn't been the same, which is sort of, I guess, you know, makes sense, but it's, it's as shit as it is. But, um, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. But if you can get back to that Utah, Gordon Hayward, then, you know, it'll be great. One of the unluckier players in NBA history, that's for sure. Well, I still remember I still remember that big injury. With Bob, oh, like can't forget it. It, Opening it, like for a guy that is is a very good player and an, an all star in the league, you wouldn't expect this. But it was almost a you know where were you when this happened moment. I I mm. think like I can remember specifically where I was, what I was doing, who I was with. Clear as day. When was it? What year? Twenty end of twenty seventeen. Seventeen, maybe yeah, twenty seventeen into like the twenty seventeen eighteen. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, can, yep, I can remember where I was exactly. Um, um, and you will love this. It was in a, uh, it was in a Bridget McCarthy, uh, some sort of journalism writing class. Are you kidding? Yeah, sort of snuck into the corner. Uh, as a Cavs fan, Cleveland <laughs> v. Boston, got it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Reddit streams, NBA. Uh, <laughs> That's the most uni thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, roll into class, NBA on, yep, bang, get it on. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, I remember him going down and just seeing all the players just, you know, grimace. It was just like, yeah. It's an immediate, like, everyone everyone flicks their head away from where mm. it is and just sort of head in hands. That's when you know it's, it's And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, look, that's bad. Yeah. I still remember... Shout out to, to Chatters. I was with Chatters. It was just us two watching the game. I was back down there in the rat. I, I mustn't have been in that journalism class with you. You mustn't have been there. Mustn't have, mustn't have been my, my uh, chair. You sort of turned up sort of second year, I reckon. Second, late second year, early third. I was, was there the whole time. Of, you just didn't see Yeah, me. but the big head sort of emerged sort of late second, <laughs> early his way, third. Yeah. His way through the, through the yeah, he'd had a big summer, 20... 18 going to 2019, did absolutely nothing. <laughs> that was the first thing I remember him saying. Yeah. I think it might have been Alex Morrison actually talking to about yourself. Yeah, Alex. Go Blues. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my that's my response to most things these days. Yeah. What have you been doing? Fuck all. Nothing. That's literally what you said. <laughs> yeah. Spot on. The first um, time like I remembered you talking was, was that time. I was yeah. waiting for class. Morrison, yeah. Oh, how was your summer? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. There's not heaps to do in Ballarat, bro. Nah. There's not nah, heaps nah. to do. Um, yeah. 
Like it. That's a trip down memory lane, Maris. I like that. Um, my, my, this is going to be a funny moment. I'm going to take you back to what you said about that whole Collingwood situation. How it was a garage sale? So Detroit had basically gone to a garage sale and there's a whole bunch of centers available to buy and they've just said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's buy all of them and then let's draft a center while we're at it. So they've now got Isaiah Stewart, uh, Dwayne Dedman, Mason Plumley, and Jahil Okafor. Yeah. Mm, why? Why would you do that? Well, you picked look, up three. You picked up three centers who are borderline unplayable. Mason Plumlee's nice, but like Okafor barely played for the Pelicans. Dwayne Dedman, eh? And then you picked up Isaiah Stewart. I mean, why would you? Why? And then you paid, while you're at it, you paid Jeremy Grant a fuck ton of money, who I like, but are you relying on him to be your main guy? I don't know. Probably not. Well, pretty much what you've done is they've moved from a smaller mansion and they've got room for four fridges. So you've set up Grant in one room, you've got Plumlee in another, and then you've stuck Okafort in the garage. So he's back <laughs> going to the next garage. And then he'll go. So, and, and you watch Okafor will be gone within you know, He'll be that one that gets waved. Yeah. So he'll just get put on the hard rubbish. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no. And they'll just sort of move them around. Garage for Okafor because he's, you know, he'll be playing, you know, as a 12th man. Yeah. He'll probably be in a suit for most of the season. <laughs> on the nature strip. So, yeah. It I mean, sucks because I love Okafor. Like, I've still got Okafor stock big time. But, I mean, like... Did his agent talk to Detroit? Like, did they just – did he know that all these centers were getting signed? Because if he did, surely he wouldn't go there because you're not getting minutes at the Pelicans. So why the fuck would you go there? Was there just a miscommunication there? Because are these player agents and players not talking to the team that they're going to about, oh, who else are you signing? Like, do some fucking research. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck with four centers on the same team. Yeah, look, I don't know how they've done that, but I feel like with the NBA a lot of the time, like things just happen so quickly that, like, yeah. you know, one day this is happening, the next day, you know, six blokes have been traded. And they've still got Blake Griffin there as well. Yeah. Well, like, too, but, I mean, that's a lot of big bodies you've got to try and get on the floor. Mm. Um, and you'll probably find that a couple of, well, out of the four, two of them will get injured. So someone will go down and practice. Yep. Actually, um, let's, let's make a call now. Who's the first to go down? I, I just Okafor is gone. Like he's either waved <laughs> or injured. He's just he's on the like he's in the hard rubbish. He's in the hard rubbish. He's the fridge that won't work. He's paying a dollar ten to be out the door in the first thirty games. Look, I just feel like yeah, with with so many, like as you said, I think he's he's still got upside. And he's he's still a decent player, but he just finds himself on the wrong teams or he gets oh, injured. Yeah. So yeah. And and while they were at it, they lost Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, and Christian Wood. So, I mean, a bad off-season for Detroit, I think. Like yeah. Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes is good. And, and no doubt Isaiah Stewart and Sidic Bay are, are both really good also. But, yeah, some weird moves. Um, we mentioned Milwaukee. They're sort of – they're a time-will-tell deal, that, that trade for Drew Holiday. Um, you know, losing Wesley Matthews I don't think helps either. Probably just couldn't afford him. Um, and then the whole fuck around with – Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, I mean, does that does that hurt the sort of the culture a little bit? Is that is that a true law situation where it might dint the culture of of the Bucks a little bit? Well, I think it dints the culture because he was never there. So, but I mean, like um, for, like Divincenzo, like he Divincenzo was traded. Now all of a sudden he's back and has to go play for. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know, on that side, of, on that side of the card, do you? Not necessarily, because you know, like it, it wasn't his choice. So, yeah. um, but did, did, as a different I mean, set of circumstances. But yeah, no, I don't know. Bogdanovich said he didn't want to play the Bucks, which is bizarre. I would have thought that'd be. You know, yeah, I'm imagining his role would have been pretty nice on the Bucks. I mean, yeah, well, I'd go there. Plenty of like, touches. Giannis draws yeah. four plays to him on every play. I mean, you're getting open looks. Mm. I mean, I love Bobby Portis. I love that signing. I'm a big Bobby Portis fan. 
Um, and DJ Augustine's nice. So they're a time will tell in terms of, you know, with what they've given up picks-wise, um, that's, a, that's a lot of their future, which I think a lot of people are a bit iffy about. But, I mean, if it keeps Giannis in town and wins him a championship, then all's forgiven. Mm. Uh, as I said, it's a thing with the NBA a lot of times, it's, it's the same with anything, but the NBA especially, it's real sort of time will tell, especially when you're throwing in, you know, 2027 first-round picks and... <laughs> 2025. That's so far away, man. That's so far away. It, like it's seven years. We're going to nearly be thirty by the time that rolls around. Yeah, exactly. So. Fuck. All right. What about what about some winners? Who who are your two biggest winners team wise from the from the off season? Um, well, for me, number one's the Lakers. Um, yeah. They win. That's, that's uh, everyone's well, pick. Yeah. No. So they win the championship. Uh, filled roles. Um, without giving up too much. A lot of the time, championship teams will lose those key role players in any sports. The same thing, you know, like AFL teams as well. Um, you'll often find that key players will go just, you know, because there's better offers and more money being thrown around. But the Lakers, I feel like, yes, they've lost a few guys. They've lost Danny Green, Javel McGee, Rondo, uh, Avery Bradley, you know, Dwight Howard. But they bring in, as we said earlier, Harold, Matthews, Gasol, Schroeder, um, who, yeah, to me, are great fits, and if not, you know, even upgrades on what they had. So yep. you bring them in, and then um, my other one would probably be Phoenix. Um, just yep. as I said earlier, you know, finally now they've got a team that looks as though, you know, their backcourt is arguably the best in the league with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, and I'm keen to see what Booker can do. I'd love to see him in the playoffs. So uh, yeah. it looks as though they've set themselves up well. I think I'll add to that. So we've, we've mentioned a lot of that. So, you know, Atlanta's a winner. I think the Clippers have probably broken even in terms of what they've done. They've, um, so, yeah, there's some people saying they're loot. They've, you know, they fucked up the trade period and that, but I, I think they've broken even. I think they've, they've got the investment back. They've got the, they've got the $5 bet back on the same game multi. They've, they've done okay. So and got, got some money back. The $5 bonus. They've got four ticks. Yep. Yeah, which is why I often say. <laughs> and then, you know, Brooklyn obviously um, did okay. I think two of the underrated ones that, um, you know, could prove, um, you know, could make the team look really well, really good later in the season is Portland and, and Philly. So Portland get Robert Covington um, and they re-sign Rodney Hood. So get that th- those wing presence that they've never really had. The, you know, it's Damon, CJ, and then couple of whoever's and then you know Yusuf Nurkic at the at the center so um I think they finally get those three and D guys that can provide some offense but also you know cover CJ and Dame on the defensive end so I like I like what Portland did I think that you know puts it back into contention you know and hopefully injuries permitting they that's a I could say a top four no doubt you know if Dame sticks on this uh, on this path that he's on um and keeps going north. So I like Paul. And then Philly, I mean, Darren Morris came in, just gone whack, and then just filled Ben, uh, sorry, surrounded Ben and, and Joel Embiid with shooters. Got rid of Horford, um, got rid of Richardson, who just didn't really fit. Gets in Danny Green, Seth Curry. Um, Terrence Ferguson's nice as well. So get some role players in that are actually good around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, which hopefully I would love to see that work. And then everyone can see the real um, dominance of that pairing because everyone was very quick to say they needed one of them needs to be traded, and I was never about that. Yeah, like you got to keep them together, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like they're both, you know, Simmons really needs a jump shot. Um, oh, it's, I, was, I was talking to who was I, t- I was talking to Ned about this today. Some of these guys in the league, how can you not shoot? I don't understand that. So, fine if coming up you didn't, you know, didn't extend that range enough. But how have you got to the league now where it is your full-time job to be a good basketball player and you somehow managed to still not have a jump shot? I mean, I mean, if you're Ben, keep working all the things that you're good at because he's really, really, really good at other areas. 
but fucking get a jump shot, man. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it seems simple to me. Like get a jump shot. Like for me, I'll use me as an example. I'm not very fast in the first five to 10 meters sprinting wise. So I've been doing sprinting work because like I'm not good at it. So get better. Do you, do you, do you, do you, am I just yelling now or do you agree with me? No, like I've, I've always agreed. Like, um, yeah, it's like, you know, big guys like say Shaq, for example, could never, could never shoot a free throw. I don't really get it because like, you know, you literally, as you say, it, it's their full-time job. They're in the gym every day of every week, you know. So I don't really understand why you can't learn how to shoot a three. They say they don't know how to hold the ball or, you know, it's almost like Harry Irving saying, I don't know if the world, you know, is, is a circle or is flat. <laughs> I mean, like, Serge Barker is a perfect example. He wasn't a great, you know, three-point shooter coming into the league because not many big guys are because especially in juniors coming up and then college, like, they sort of put you, if you're a big man, you're in the paint. But then he gets to the league and he works on it. Now he's a really good three-point shooter. And guess what? He's going to be in the NBA for a long time still because well, they're so valuable. Is, yeah, well, like DeMarcus Cousins, he never shot the ball. And then, you know, a few seasons ago, he starts shooting threes and suddenly, you know, obviously he's been injured the last couple of seasons. But, you know, it's, it's like, oh, okay, this guy can play. All of a sudden, he was in MVP contention because... Guess, Guess what? Being able to shoot is really important and it gets you heaps of extra points. Uh, and if your efficiency is good, people love that. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes them so much harder to guard. If you're guarding someone who can shoot and take it to the ring, and if you're Simmons, you know, you're, you're one of the most explosive players in the league. So, you know, if you can take it to the ring, score, pass, but then also shoot the ball. If I'm the defender, what am I, I don't know where to start. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, that's our rant for the episode. Let's go with that. That's our rant. If you can't shoot in the NBA, fucking learn because you paid a millions and millions and millions of dollars to do it. So fucking do it. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, Pelicans, Marrows, just quietly, in terms of picks-wise, the Pelicans and the Thunder have got a lot of picks coming up, like a lot. The Pelicans yeah. have just got a whole bunch of firsts now between, between now and 2027. Thanks to the AD and Drew Holiday deals. Um, and, you know, with the guys they've got, the young core they've got, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like some of them may get traded, but. Um, yeah, it's a good, yeah, I can but see. But they've that. got, they've, yeah, they've got a plethora of, uh, you know, picks to use, whether they use them or trade them. But regardless, you know, first round picks, if they're going to trade and they're going to get something good. So they're in a very good position with the guys that are, you know, they've got on their team now. Zion's going to be, you know, a superstar and, um, you know, they're just going to, you know, keep getting better. Well, Melrose, I don't think we can talk any more NBA. I think we've done it all. Right. My, yeah, my four-page my, my four like, my, my four research is... Uh, finally done. I mean, uh, there's a few extensions we should probably mention. So, Brendan Ingram, Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, Darren Fox and Jason Tatum all got a bag. So, probably congrats to them first. Um, and I'm excited to to see what, especially guys like what you know Bam Adebayo can do because it's a lot of coin. A lot of coin. Well, it's a lot of coin. You look at these guys and you go, well, you know, You've already been on a ton of coins, so <laughs> what do you do with this? Buy another 10 cars, five houses. Jason Tatum's 22, man. He's 22. I know. Like, five years, 195. Yeah. Come it's, on. You know, yeah, it's crazy. Fuck. That sucks, man. I mean, you know when you, know, you see rich people and you're kind of like, fuck you. Fuck your success. Give me that money. You sort of look at your bank account and you sort of you see these this these sort of figures and you look at your own bank account and you sort of go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, there's oh. just no hope. <laughs> here's my here's a question. So so you know how we all have our banking apps and you and you, you log in and you can see your balance. Do they yeah. have banking apps? Like do they get in their you know, do they get paid say monthly and like a cup of meal goes in? Is that like do they do that? Like, I would love to see, does LeBron have a banking app that he logs into and you can see his balance? 
I'd love to. It's know actually a very good question. I've, I've never thought about that. But um, like, how normal are they? Are they no, are they as normal as we are when it comes to things like that? I don't reckon that it goes to them. I reckon it goes to their agent or someone that have some sort of banker that would, yep. that would sort their money. Yeah. And because the smarter ones would have it, you know, in you know shares and you know have you know uh, investments and things like that. So they have all sorts of funds and things. And I feel like. I don't reckon it would go to the market. It would go to someone who would then forward cash onto their personal accounts. Yep. And then they'd get that. That's what I'm thinking. And like they've all got property and investments and stuff. Got their money to other things. But if we ever get an NBA player on our podcast, that is the first thing I'm asking them. Do you have a banking app that you can check your balance? How, How does your money work, man? Because that's so much. Yeah. Well, Torian Prince. Autorium Prince, however you say it. Yep. A big fan of the On the Pine Basketball stories, so he is, hopefully yes. he can uh, find his way onto the podcast. Keep liking those posts, brother. Keep getting on, <laughs> keep getting on to it. Uh, well, Melrose, um, thanks for joining me, mate. It's been great to have you. We're getting the On the Pine podcast up, knock on wood, Monday next week. Uh, so looking forward to that. It's a big special guest on. Um, so they're on the Pine Pod after how many months? Eight, nine? Well, last one was probably in February, I think. So, And now we're back. So looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to chatting to you then. And uh, enjoy your weekend, my friend, whenever it comes around. Cheers, mate.